0: Hello and welcome to episode number 189 of the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today is author Lisa Marie Perry. We talk about her latest book in a romantic suspense sports series. There's football player owners involved here, so you know it's going to be a little salacious. We discuss several of her books, the inclusiveness of her characters, the challenges and victories that happen when you balance multiple sets of expectations, and her newest series, which may, and yes, does involve nipple tarts and buttercream. And we answer the question you have been asking all of your life. Should you eat an entire chocolate penis in one sitting? These are important questions. Lisa Marie also asked me to add a mention of her other series because we talked about so many things and she felt terrible that she'd missed this one coming from love swept is the devil's music series which is based on the tv show empire book one sin for me will come out in september and it introduces a hip-hop label coo heroine who has secrets that she needs to protect and a songwriter hero who has death on his hands lisa marie has been told that this is a series of quote bitches and bastards and she is very pleased with that assessment this episode is sponsored by jay kenner's dirtiest secret published by Bantam Books and available in paperback and ebook. It was wrong for us to be together. It was even harder to be apart. Everyone knows him as a notorious playboy, but to me, he is still the one man I desperately crave, yet the one I can never have. We've tried not letting ourselves give in to desire, and for so long we've told ourselves no. Now it's finally time to say yes. Find out their dirtiest secret with Jay Kenner's new Sin series on sale on April 19th. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater, and I will have information at the end of the show as to who this is. And one last piece of news. If you are a regular listener to the podcast or you're a fan of the transcripts and you might like to support the show, you can have a look at our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash smartbitches. By listener request, I set up a Patreon, which is a little bit like Kickstarter, but instead of a single project, you support an ongoing creative project like this one. Listeners who wish to contribute can make a monthly pledge starting with $1 to help me reach goals like commissioning transcripts for the 70 or so episodes that don't have one. You can see the rewards and the options at patreon.com slash smartbitches, and for everyone who nudged me to set one up and has already backed the show, thank you. You are entirely made of awesome. And now... On with the
1: podcast. Hello, uh, I am Lisa Marie Perry. Uh, I am an author of Contemporary Romance. Yay! Yes, I very much enjoyed. So, um, yes, let's get things rolling with the joke. Um, and if anyone knows me, I'm a very dirty girl. So, of course, this has to be a dirty joke. Welcome. We, you are among <laughs> your people. Awesome. Okay. So this one, this is one of those story jokes. So, okay. All right. Settle in. Um, All right. So three men, a tall man, a man of average height, and a short man all decide to go to the top of the Empire State Building for a dick measuring contest. As you do. As you do. And so the man of average height unzips and his package drops six feet. And he says, you know what, guys, I know this is very impressive. You just can't top this. And so the tall guy unzips and he says, okay, this is going to be easy. And his package drops 12 feet. Hey, so clearly he thinks that he's the winner. So they look over though, however, and the short guy is hopping around. He's hopping around and they say, hey, guy, what's going on? What are you doing? And short guy glances at them and he says, I'm dodging traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well, got to give love to short guys. Yes. They get enough. So there you go. <laughs> well, I
0: am 5'3", I am and my husband's like maybe 5'7", with shoes on. So we are not a tall people in our house. And he always like, he always laughs at me when I'm like, oh, you're so tall. Will you reach that bowl on the high shelf that I can't reach? Because anyone taller than me is tall. Right?
1: Well, hey, I understand. I'm 5'4". Right. Okay. Exactly. Anyone who's taller than you is tall. Absolutely. Well... <laughs> I, I will say, though, my 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 brother, one of my brothers, he's six, eight. So, uh, oh, that's, that's not fair. <laughs> that's tall.
0: OK, so let me ask you about your newest
1: release. Tell us about One More Night With You. OK, One More Night With You is actually uh, the finale of my NFL uh, sports romance series, uh, The Blue Dynasty. It's uh, it's book five and it essentially the series surrounds a family that takes on a fictional football franchise that is based in las vegas although it is a sports romance however i really focus on uh, sports management and the deal making the money and the power um, and things of that nature and so there's a quite a bit of manipulation uh there's quite a bit of sort of behind-the-scenes drama. Private jets, um, lots of money. Absolutely. So I really, I, I very much enjoyed digging into that, and I do get into it further in One More Night With You. It, in fact, ties up uh, several sort of storylines that have played out over the course of the uh, of the previous four books. Right. However, uh, we also basically get inside the head of a woman who is the catalyst for a lot of the fallout that occurs. And this is our heroine, Joey, uh, or Josephine, but I call her Joey. Mm-hmm. And she is a former uh, DEA agent. And uh, she is introduced, as a matter of fact, in, in in book one. She's the heroine's best friend. And so um, she was sort of waiting in the wings, I like to think. And I thought about her as I wrote everyone else's story. I I never forgot her. I never stopped thinking about her. And I felt that she was very very important and necessary to the overall plot and she most certainly deserved her happy ending. Um but I don't make it easy for her. Oh, most well, definitely. Why would you do that? Of course not. I mean you got <laughs> more than like two written. chapters
0: you gotta fill.
1: <laughs> she's been put through a lot and so she's different from anyone I, I have written before. Mm-hmm. Um Joey is she has a physical impairment. She walks with a cane as a result of being shot. You find out early on, so I would not say this is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. You find out rather early on, as soon as you meet the hero, that he's the man who shot her. Oh, crap. Yes. He's the man who shot her um, and, and forces her to, uh, for the rest of her life, uh, walk with the assistance of a cane. And it essentially took away what she thought was her identity, which is her job. She lived her job. She thought she was the job. She didn't think she had much else beyond the job. After her injury, she After, couldn't do her job anymore. Absolutely. Because uh, she could not, you know, physically, she just was not capable of doing the the, the strenuous work that she had done before. So major works,
0: life change, like personal and professional life change. Definitely. And it's all his fault.
1: Oh, yes, she certainly thinks so. And they haven't seen each other in those five years since he shot her. It happened during a botched uh, uh, drug bust. She thought he was dirty. Mm -hmm. She thought he was with the, you know, the bad guys. And so just quite a bit of betrayal and the bullet and fragments still remain inside of her. And so she always carries part of him with her, essentially.
0: So that's a really easy to conflict, you know, to just to overcome. I'm I'm certain it was really (laughs) simple to work that out in a couple of chapters. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Most definitely. Easy as pie.
1: Because he's I mean, hey, he's he's still hot, you know. She loved him once, right? No, not quite. So <laughs> it's very complicated. In this book, however, there are a few things going on, which, which I, I really enjoyed sort of putting this together. And uh, so we have, of course, um, the romance. And you would think early on, how in the hell is she going to get past this? How in the hell is he going to prove that he deserves a- another chance? And the thing is, he has to prove it to himself even more so than Joey, mm-hmm. because It it turns out that she's, she's willing to try to, to rediscover that love she had for him before Mm -hmm. much sooner than he's willing to, to believe that he even deserves it. So, um, so that, that's, that's also very, very interesting. And and of course, even now the hero Zaf, he, he is, he's hiding quite a bit, quite a bit. So the manipulation is not done. It's not over. It's not in the past. There's more. So uh, so there's there's that as well. And however, there's still football. Of course. So <laughs> what I love about this book actually is you get two romances, which is not, uh, I would say, very, very easy to do in a category length book. I was going to say
0: it's really hard to have two storylines going on in that small of a
1: word count. Absolutely. The secondary romance involves a football kicker. Uh, he's an African American man. Whoa whoa, and... whoa, 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 yes. whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa!
0: We'll go back. Are you telling me that there are people of color on your football teams? Strange as it sounds. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm um I'm gonna take some deep breaths. Please, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> very, very strange. Yeah. Why is that? So, like, yes. why? Why is that? Why are all the teams white? I don't understand. I just don't know. I, I don't either. I mean I don't know how it can be. Um, I because I watch football. You know? Yes. And then I adore baseball. You know what? Baseball, not all white either. And yet Precisely. in romance,
1: everybody's white. Everyone. Why is that? Hi. I I don't understand it at all. So anyway. So <laughs> I don't understand it at all. It just felt like the most natural thing, you know, if I'm creating a football team. Gotta have men of but color on it. There's gonna be there's gonna be some variety. But I will say though in this series, my, my quarterback, he had actually come back to his position. He's white. And that's that's book two of the series. My quarterback is white, but you know, my linebackers, they're black guys. Wow. They just are. You, or, you you rebel. Yeah, I, I guess so. That <laughs> girl. I,
0: I have to book. say, one of the things I really like about your website is that when you list the books on your books page, you have the cover, you have the title, you have the release date, you have where it is in the series, and then you have the hero and heroine's name. So oh! I love that because if you've been following along with the series, you know that this book is about these people that you've already met in the prior books. Like this is this person's story and that's this person's story. Like all of that is in one. That's that's really smart, first of all. I think that's really smart for a web page for an author.
1: Oh yeah, all of the detail, and you know what I have to say though. My web designer, I'm with Bemis uh, Promotions, mm-hmm. and the specific detail of including their names—that was her idea. It's—I really like it. I think it's really smart. I—I it, I thought it—I thought it was very brilliant, and um, yeah, I'm—I I was so happy to, to that we could do that, and I'm so glad now to actually get some feedback that hey, that's helpful. So cool. Josephine,
0: yes, is Josephine de la Pena. Is she yes. Latina? Yes, she is. She's Mexican-American. And Zaf Amadi is the hero. Yes, he is. Is he Pakistani? Did I read that correctly? Yes, he is. So has that caused a problem for you with this book? Okay, so the short answer is yes. Ah, crap.
1: Yes. I mean, I knew the answer, but still, damn it. Absolutely. Okay, I need to explain. Um, Kamani romance, as I interpreted it, is a multicultural line. And to be honest, prior to writing book four, and this is important, um, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Prior to writing book four, the three heroines of the previous books, they're African-American. One of them, her happy ending is with a, a white man. Another, well, that her never happy ending, happens. Like that ever, never happens,
0: ever. does it? No, never.
1: My gosh. This fiction, huh? I have Ugh. quite the imagination, right? What, what, but
0: Whatever you're on, can I have some? please cuz clearly this is just so unrealistic i mean this doesn't reflect any reality except the one that you and i actually live in and also <laughs> i actually went and looked harlequin kamani Stories features sophisticated, soulful, and sensual African-American and multicultural heroes and heroines who develop fulfilling yes. lives as they lead lives full of dramas, glamour, and passion. So football teams, private jets, DEA agents, falling in love with the guy who shot you. Uh-huh. This all fits. Right. So far, so good. So what What, except, what happened?
1: Except, I, you know, to be honest, I, I began to break a rule with book four in which I wrote a truly multiracial, multicultural heroine, Um, who struggles with her racial, cultural, and religious identities. And that's in book four of mine tonight. And the thing is, though, on the cover, the heroine is portrayed much differently than she is in the book. And so when That never happens either. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The thing is, though, I've received feedback from readers who felt sort of bamboozled because of that. They're saying, you know what? Why is it that she's dark-skinned on the cover? However, in the book, she has blue eyes. She's fair-skinned. She's she's wondering if if she should live the life of a Jewish person. Why is this? This is not on the cover. Okay, so you know, so I absorb that. I I listen. Okay, but that's not something you have control over. It is not. The time. It is. It is not. However, by that point, I already knew that I was going to give Joey her story, and she deserved it. And why not? And no, she is not black. And I will tell you, to be honest, it was a very unpopular opinion for me to do that. Um, simply because she is not Black. Among your readers? Among readers, actually, and uh, and also with my line, if I'm going to be honest, because uh, the Kamani line actually asked for the heroines to be African-American. And it's not something that I knew starting out. And I always say, though, in traditional publishing, it is, it's a game of a delicate compromise, is how I would put it, um, because what you're trying to do is create a book while satisfying the wants of your publisher, your readers, and yourself. And then One More Night With You, I found that each of those things were different. So what I wanted to accomplish with this book was not what it, most people would feel the readers wanted or what the, the publisher wanted. So I had to take elements of all three of those wants, combine them, and create a book out of it. So both of the leads are, are not black. That is true. However, as I said, there is a secondary romance that includes a black man and a Japanese-American woman. Um, And uh, their story actually is is something I very much love about the book, to be honest. Really? How come? Oh, geez. It is just – it's so honest.
0: I have to say I love when you talk to a writer and they're like – I'm so excited about this romance (laughs) that I wrote like these two people. And, you you know, I know how in your brain they kind of become real. You're like, I made happiness and I love it so much. Like, please tell me all about this, because it's so great when you hear an author just excited
1: about the characters and the story that they created. So tell me all of the things. Absolutely. So I'll actually start. I'll start then with a with the secondary couple. So, um, yes, uh, our our kicker, uh, he He's a, he's a young man, um, who really came from terrible circumstances. Um, he abused drugs in in the past. He was traded from a previous football team onto this fictional Las Vegas team, and um, and he's really his past essentially will always follow him. And even the team owners, when they suspect that someone is abusing drugs, they say to Joey, you know, hey, we're we're wanting, we're wanting you to infiltrate. We're wanting you to get information. We want you to look at this man. Look at this man. Look at our kicker. Um, he does a great job. He's a talented kicker. He's looking to break records. However, his past is still there. And people look at that before they look at him. And so um, so he's carrying that, you know. I, never, I don't know if I would call it baggage, but that is his reality. And so... While he's doing that, though, he's also getting caught up in the parties. He's getting caught up in, you know, the brotherhood of 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 being on a football team, you know, the locker room dynamics. And so he's also just he's looking at, you know, he's looking at women and saying, hey, I've got this money now. My name is on ESPN. I, I have options and beautiful women are approaching him. Um And, you know, I feel that I can't avoid saying this, but Joey catches his eye and he actually he's attracted to her. Meanwhile, he's not realizing that he's also falling in love with his friend um, who is his. She lives in his neighborhood and um, she has a dog that they met because her dog peed on his garage door. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, And his friend, Monaco, she is she's a delight she's a pharmacist actually so she she has she deals with drugs too but in a different capacity right <laughs> <laughs> um which is actually significant in the story but I really shouldn't say why uh, okay don't spoil. I-, I shouldn't say why but yes but um but so he doesn't realize that that you know when when he sees his friend dressing dressing herself in a certain way to you know to go out clubbing with him and he's starting to get jealous but he doesn't realize why he's saying oh hey i'm attracted to joey Man. okay however i'm jealous because people are looking at my friend monaco and so it's very cute and because uh, meanwhile monaco is sending him signals that oh i am so into you i want to be more than friends and <laughs> it's really quite interesting though because you know as things develop and as he finds himself sort of chasing joey at the same time you know his friend is she won't take his shit at all she um, she talks very frankly to him, she's very honest with him, and she's actually his salvation in a way. I and love
0: a heroine who takes no crap.
1: Oh, yes. I love I want to be friends with her. Actually, <laughs> she's she's a joy, she's a delight. Um, but uh he always, you know, when something bad goes wrong, where does he go? He always goes to his friend Monaco, and so he he eventually though, it, it takes a lot, but um he realizes that he completely completely screwed up when, you know when he didn't sort of t- pay attention to what was developing between um Minako and himself and he believes at some point that he's really lost her um uh, in every capacity in every way and it just won't things won't be the, the same as they were before and so I very much enjoyed uh writing that and I I do <laughs> regret that I didn't have the opportunity to you know give them a full story but because, my God, I would I would so have enjoyed to do it. Um, I really I really enjoyed them as much as I did the primary couple, to be honest. Um, so they felt even more significant than secondary to me. And there have been a couple of readers, though, who who also share in their true enjoyment, you know, of the secondary couple. And and that makes me feel good. You know, I'm you know, I'm so I'm thinking that, hey, I'm glad I'm not the only one who, you know, by surprise, you know, I actually fell for these people. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad though, that I, that, that I wrote that because it actually, it offered the opportunity to also show the heroine and even the hero from a different perspective. And so it all sort of ties together. And I, I really appreciate that my brain was able to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Isn't it nice when you can look at your brain and be like, wow, thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you're capable of some things here. I'm proud. Yay. Good. Um, but, uh, but, but most definitely, and so it's actually a nice contrast, though, because so the secondary couple, it, there's a, a a bit of sweetness and lightness to their romance. However, with Joey and Zaff, there's so much hell, so much. It it is it is not easy for them, and I I refuse to make things pretty for them, um, and to sugarcoat things. Oh,
0: so, so mean.
1: Yeah, I had to be. <laughs> I had to be, and. And I have to also say this also goes into sort of the rule breaking that I did with this book. And um, some people may find that the language. Uh, did you drop I mean, an F-bomb? Oh, I think no. It like doesn't. <laughs> you used bad words? I did. I used <gasps> the <soft> pop word. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I don't even know if I should say this, but I used the P word and I was talking to someone. Penis? As in Vagina. Wait, you use the
0: word penis and the word vagina? Oh, <laughs> well, I think I do use the word penis
1: somewhere in that book. But so can I say Oh, pussy.
0: Say- oh, God. I was like doing dumb work. Oh, please. Okay. It's a podcast. I have no FCC oversight. You can say whatever the hell you want. Bring okay.
1: it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if, if you know.
0: Oh, no. This is, this is most definitely not <laughs> NPR.
1: <laughs> right. So, yes, I, I use, I use the word pussy and <gasps> the <this> is. <laughs> the thing is if people are saying I don't think you can use that in category at all I don't think it's ever been done and I was just wondering why not I mean don't people refer to it as a pussy just the same as you refer to a penis as a cock so where I come from a cock is a cock you know what I gotta say I think so- every
0: writer has their language but seeing pussy in a romance particularly if it's a really intense sexual scene does not throw me at all like oh. I just sort of accept that that's part of the language of some really intense sex scenes for yes. some books like it's 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 part of the vernacular I run into it
1: okay but great. I, great I don't is I mean there are some places where I
0: don't expect it but this is not right. one of them
1: hey how you do you pussy no um <laughs> no 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 but it is it does occur doing you know during a, a sex scene and um, it felt natural to me. So I think it works. Well, so. if it's what the characters would say, then obviously that's what they say. Yeah. Now, you is know, there a suspense element to this book, too? Because... Most definitely. Because. Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. And, and so sort of the the drama that began in book one, it really comes to a head in, in, in Joey's story. Um, she's uh, When she was investigating um, someone, she stumbled upon an illegal gambling ring. In football? Uh, Yes, in football. So Seriously, um... this multicultural,
0: multi-ethnic, all abilities, crazy world that you are living in and where people bet outside the boundaries of the law in football. Yes. I'm just I'm really not sure I can handle this this amount of world building here anyway oh, oh i know i know it must have
1: been like on soda and pop rocks or something right <laughs> Soda and pop
0: rocks that's what i'm gonna blame any like complete crazy sauce romance that i read like he's a duke but he's secretly a pirate or he's a pirate secretly a duke and it's set in like 2015 yes yeah. it's pop rocks and soda that's what happened
1: there Absolutely.
0: and also he's a wizard and possibly a dragon pop
1: rocks and soda bring it on
0: <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh my gosh.
1: But yes, um, so uh guess so she had really stumbled upon this illegal gambling ring and she discovered uh illegal bounties um that were taking place. Um people were paid under the table to injure other people. Oh that um, never happens well, in football. Of the course NFL. it never happens, right? It never happens in football. No one's ever motivated to, you know, line their pockets. Of course not. <laughs> Using the Achilles tendon of another player. <laughs> oh my god, ouch. <laughs> or, or damaging the spine of another. Yeah. Or you know,
0: their heads, it's like, you know, brains and, you know, Oh
1: yeah. That's fine. Uh, sure, yeah. Sure. Oh wow. So yeah. So she's uncovered this and then the man who's really at the, at the head of it, um, he's, uh, he owns a, a very, very, very elite casino and, uh, he's, you know, he's a dirty dude and, uh, and he's not happy about it. So, um, She essentially has interfered with his uh, business and with his earning potential. And um, so you have uh, the you have associations and you have the league looking at him and you have the feds looking at him and he's he's not happy about it. So naturally, he feels that it's only within his right to retaliate and eliminate her. Zap is in town to make sure that doesn't happen. And so the solution to this is he's going to pretend to be her boyfriend so that he can be in her
0: presence protecting her all the time. So essentially what you have here is a sports romance romantic suspense with Mm -hmm. a pretend relationship between two people who had a very bad breakup and Mm -hmm. then a secondary romance with two people who are a friends to lovers story.
1: Precisely.
0: <laughs> so you just basically took catnip and put the book in it and just sort of swirled it around
1: for a while. Oh, I like that image. Oh, yeah. The, the, this <laughs> is,
0: I guarantee you someone listening to this has pulled over to like start taking notes because this is so many people's book catnip.
1: Oh, wonderful. It was mine. It's it's actually, to be honest, it is my favorite. In, in this the series. You're not supposed to have a favorite. I'm not supposed to pick favorites, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do that. It's my favorite, but that's not to say my god, believe me, I'm the first to it is not perfect. I'm the first to say it. Oh, the story no. is not perfect. Um I w- I would say my favorite book of all times is uh of all time is Nora Roberts' uh, Carolina Moon. But I've told people before however, if I had written that book I would I would find er- I would find every flaw. I would not like it, you know, as much. <laughs> oh, totally. It's just how it is. I feel that you know nothing I have written or will ever write will be perfect. It just oh will. no, but it gives me a goal.
0: Well, so. I, I always I'm always sort of fascinated because I'm both a reviewer and, a, and an author, and I've written two nonfiction books and then a, a contemporary novella, and mm-hmm. I always see people talking about how. Well, the author should always give their own books 5 stars, except they shouldn't grade their own books, but if they did, it should be every book is 5 stars, and I'm thinking, uh-uh. "No, I would not give all my books 5 stars." Like I know about <laughs> mistakes in the first two books and in and in the novella that I was I would really like to change, but mm-hmm. it's already done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can't go change it cuz I mean, I can't. I can't. It's just not possible, but there are things I would love to go back and fix and and yes. and I evaluate them at the time that was that was an incredible achievement for my brain. But now that my brain is older and has done more writing, I can see where I would have done things differently if I had mm-hmm. to do it over again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think it's healthy to be critical of your own writing though.
1: Oh, oh yeah, uh, exactly. Even going through to pick, you know, excerpts to share for various things. Oh God. I'm like, oh, I don't like looking at this. <laughs> That's a phenomenon. and I think a lot of people experience that even um, I've heard actors say, you know, they, absolutely don't want to look at I think even Johnny Depp he doesn't like to look you know at his at his films or see himself sort of um see his work Mm -hmm. it just feels strange you know so there's a really good scene
0: in Judith McNaught's perfect I think it is because speaking of pop rocks and soda pop um the heroine is a a young woman who is a teacher and she picks up this guy on the side of the road who she thinks is who's his hitchhiking and I think she sees that his jeans are like brand new and still have the crease down the front and she's thinking you know he's got brand new clothes he must be trying to get to a job interview he's trying to impress someone I'll just I'll give him a ride and of course he's a former movie star who is convicted of murder and sent to prison and he just escaped But she didn't know because, I mean, under a rock or something. I don't remember that particular. But anyway, he's like, oh, yeah, well, you're stuck with me. I'm kidnapping you in your car. So they have this little, like, you know, fugitive road trip where, of course, they fall in love because romance novel. Mm -hmm. And the place where he ends up taking her has a bunch of his movies. And when she figures out who he is and what's happening, she's trying to make the, the best of it. And then they start to sort of become sort of friends and in this weird sort of power imbalance that they have going on and they sit down and they watch some of his movies and they're like super sexy films so he starts telling her okay so what you can't see is that I have my elbow in her belly and she's trying not to laugh because I'm tickling her and there's like 75 people in the room filming this and it's the least sexy thing I have ever done in my life so you got this gorgeous sex drenched scene of these two people who are just totally into each other and he sort of pulls back the focus and tells her what's really happening in the movie. The whole time he didn't want to watch any of his films. She's like, "Let's watch this one." He's like, "No, no, no. No. <laughs> yes. I love I love that scene. If you haven't read that book, it's just Oh, yes, Pop much. Rocks and soda cola. <clears throat> I would really like to know about your next series, too. Would you be willing to talk about it? Oh, yes. Okay, so oh, here this go. is the email you sent me, and I'm just like, "I this is this might be my new favorite assemblage of letters." You know, I like it when these letters are in this order. The series for forever is titled Guilty Pleasures and introduces a sex shop owner, an erotic baker who specializes in dick cakes and a boudoir photographer. Please tell me all about this. Oh, have mercy. I think that what you need is a lot of dick cake on the cover of these books. You don't need a puppy. We need giant icing dongs here. This is what we need. I would send that note to my editor. Um, yeah, I, we need some buttercream pain is what we need. <laughs> and you know how all those cozy mysteries have super cute names, like all the ones that are set in bakeries and cupcake shops because it's not at all weird that all these murders happen in like a 12-foot square radius of this one woman who runs a bakery in a small town and is very successful at it despite people not eating carbs. So they all have cute names, right? You yes. Okay, you, you need these to have like <laughs> – Buttercream peen. it needs to be the title of a book here, right? (laughs) Double dipping and finger licking—I'm here all day. Just let me know. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Now I guarantee you, I would remember those titles, and I don't remember titles. But we should totally have a book called Buttercream Pain, right?
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Okay. So anyway,
1: tell me about these books. Oh, this is so great. Yes. Actually, you know what? If you find the cover. It's, it is such, it's a pretty cover. It's a lovely cover. And you see no hint of a sex shop, though. The series is based on Cape Cod. And so what's happening is, on Cape Cod somewhere, <laughs> there are people who are opening businesses that are very, very sexual. And um, so essentially, uh, three friends. Uh, the, the first one is um she's actually a virgin who inherited uh her aunt's sex shop as you do so of course she decides of course i'm gonna run this i'm gonna run this i'm gonna run the hell out of it okay so um and and so her friend uh has the the shop next door and that's her erotic bakery and then next to that is the boudoir photography studio um however underneath underneath these businesses is a nightclub that they're all running together um, with the help of someone else. And it is guilty pleasures. Um, And so go down to this club, you're going to see something very different from what you would ordinarily see on the Cape. Um, You're going to see people grinding, you know, Um, they're grinding, they're drinking, they're having a good time. Um, And this is sort of the place to be. This is a place I would, I would be. If, if I went to the Cape or back to the Cape, because this is actually, to be honest with everyone, inspired by a trip that I took <laughs> when I was younger, um, to the Cape. And so I, um, you know, I went there, I, I ate a chocolate penis and, uh, I got sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I could
0: just, I could separate that. Just that one sound bite for you. I ate a chocolate <laughs> penis and I got
1: sick. It could be your ringtone. You know, you eat a chocolate penis, an entire chocolate penis, it's just not going to end well. Um, there are so many jokes, <laughs> and they have all
0: run to the front of my brain, and they have collided with one another. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's absolutely, it's, so this series, uh, The Seed is simply, I took this trip, and, oh, you know, the chocolate penises, the uh, meeting lobstermen. men. Yep. <gasps> I like a very specific type of man. Um, You are not alone in that. Yeah, there's just a type, you know, a type of guy that just really does it for me. And, um, you know, uh, rugged. Just, uh, I don't know. Um, So, you know, he's working with his hands. He's on a boat. Just so sexy. And so the hero and Meant to Be Mine, uh, he is a longshoreman. And he cannot quite put his demons to rest. Um, He is getting past drug abuse. Uh, he was very deep into that when, when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took him a very long time to get clean and stay clean. Um, and and the heroine is someone who essentially uh, comes back into his life after being away for a very, very, very long time. And they used to be friends. And it's it's a very lovely story and the sense that she helps him put put away some of these some of these demons, and he in turn helps her to really accept that she has a second chance at life. In addition to being a virgin, our heroine Sophia is also a heart transplant recipient. And um, once she got her new heart, she had been quite hesitant really to get her new lease on life, uh, to get it going and to really embrace it and really accept that this is her heart, and she's not simply, you know, hanging on to it you know, for someone else or is keeping someone else's heart. So um, it's 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 very lovely. It's extremely sexy, and it's extremely body and fun. Um, it broke my heart a few times to write it. I actually this is the first book where I was working on it and it made me cry. And, uh, you know, I had to step away from my computer for a while and come back. And so it—it uh, it is this one's quite personal. But um, at the same time, though, it's so dirty. It's so dirty. And I love that about about this book. Um, and I really hope that that other people will love that, too. Um, so you get your dick jokes. You get your explicit sexy times. Um, <laughs> you It's all there. It's all there. And and I really, you know, I really enjoy, um, seeing these two people figure out how to fall in love and how to recognize it. Um, so it it was just, it was a wonderful experience and and I'm delighted, uh, really. And, um, it, this one, the first book drops in August and, uh, the second one is coming in December and you're going to see, uh, our erotic baker, Show her skills. Um, her new assistant is very, very hot. Oh, yeah. that's just
0: terrible. He's so
1: hot. And it's <laughs> difficult though, you know, if you're making if you're making dick cakes, you know, or filling up chocolate dick molds, you know, and you've got this assistant who's standing next to you and he's freaking hot. Yep. It makes your job just a little bit difficult, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> just a bit. And so, I mean, there's even Okay, so I'll I'll give this this little tiny little bit away. Um, in book two, which is coming in December, where um, he challenges the accuracy of her dick molds. And he says, Okay, oh, I see a large no. here. I see her large, but it's inaccurate. It's not large enough. And and of course she tells him to unzip and prove it. <laughs> and he, he proves it. <laughs> oh my he goodness. He proves it, sure. So uh so I'm I'm having too much fun, really. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds like it. For the research for this, are you making a lot of um, inappropriate baked goods?
1: Yes. Okay. So, oh, that's uh, just terrible. Yes. You have uh, nipple, tarts. Um, nipple tarts. Nipple tarts. <laughs> nipple nipple
0: tarts. I've never um, looked for that on Pinterest. Is this something I need to do?
1: <laughs> if you find it, send it to me and I'll put it on my board. <laughs> nipple tarts. Nipple tarts. Um, the edible vulva and it has the... Uh, um, has a piercing, which is also edible. Of course. Of course. The favorites, of course, is well. the Heron's favorite to make is her selection of, of chocolate dicks. And and she believes in diversity too now. So you will see, uh, you'll see milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to be, you know, you have to think about everyone And, and, and people like different things. And so she has that variety. So tell me quickly about your book for Kensington. Okay, so uh, we will see these books uh, in 2017, actually. Isn't it and so
0: funny how publishing is like nine years ahead of us? Oh, I know! Like, I always, always wonder, like thinking ahead. Right? What date do they write on their checks? Like, do they just get to the checkout and they're like, oh, is it, what year is it? Is it 2019? Because <laughs> like, that's what I was working on.
1: <laughs> Precisely. Um, But, yes, uh, for Kensington, um, this is a hockey series, so... I can't stay away from sports, can I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it it follows um, three very very badass brothers um, who have blue collar roots, and um, they play for a fictional New York hockey team. And it's it is so this this series is just so delicious. And, and these men, they are dirty talkers. They are coarse. Um, however. Their heroines, you know, They much like women that I like to write, they're just not going to take your shit. Of course. And they're just not going to. And and I love the back and forth. I so love it. And I so enjoy seeing these people sort of, what happens is they sort of see each other. uh, They see each other really through uh, a lens of, all of the shit that they're carrying, if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then you know when they start to change, they're actually able to see themselves differently, just just by being in a relationship and knowing and knowing that other person. And so that happens, you know, for for each couple, but in a different way. And uh, I'm just I'm truly excited about it. And I, I'm I'm majorly attracted to hockey players. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so researching and going to games and and such. Oh, I'm getting a joy out of it. That's just a horrible thing to have to go research too. Like I
0: I need to go to all of these sports events for, for research purposes. It's, that's just, it's just horrible.
1: Oh, it's so, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Occupational
0: hazard for sure. (laughs) So I have one last question for you. I always ask this, what have you read recently that you would recommend and love to tell people about?
1: Oh dear I have read I have read quite a few keepers uh recently so you know I'll start by saying I actually lately have not been reading a lot of contemporary um I so I write it and then but however I read quite a bit of historical so I have a couple of historical wrecks and I do have a contemporary and I'll start with that one that one is Rock Redemption Nalini Singh oh my gosh. <sighs> I do not read quite a bit of, of of rock star books. I know there's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. But this this book makes me want to gobble up everything this woman has written. And I feel if I can have that sort of connection, then something awesome is happening here. And so I just really want to, you know, uh, I'm sure it's, it's a very, very popular book as it is. But anyone who's listening to this, if you have not tried it, please do it will, you won't forget it and it will change things for you. Historical, I recently read uh, Beverly Jenkins' Forbidden. Oh, that book. Uh, <gasps> oh, oh, <laughs> oh! my word. <laughs> it's... Good <laughs> grief. It's it's so lovely. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally like, just the... Oh, I am fanning. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm banning myself. That's <laughs> like not it, a surprise. It's just, it's so... I I don't know. It's a simple word to say, but that book is absolutely beautiful. (laughs) There are so many things that that she does right. I could have sworn you were going to be like that book is so hot, (laughs) but it is also beautiful. It is. It is. It is. I felt that I came away from it feeling as if I could. She showed us really the hearts of these characters, and I can see their hearts and and. And I could just sort of feel things along with them, you know, It, you know, you could picture them, you know what I mean? You could look at the cover, you can imagine how they look, but even beyond all of that, I just felt that I was able to, to get to know them and, you know, just in, the, in a certain way that, that goes deeper than, than the surface. And I just thought she just did it so well, beautiful book. And I recommend it to, to everyone. Um, really people I know who don't read quite a bit and, and, you know, I, I, I I have recommended that, and so, gosh, love it. Um, and then there's another, um, and this is actually a series. Uh, uh, to be honest, if I can cheat and do that, and it's the Penny Royal Green series um, by Julie. I Jill- love that oh.
0: series.
1: Yes. Well, I came in midway through. Actually, I think I came in on book three or four. I can't remember exactly, but you know, and and I I just I had to have them all. I had to have them all, and I went. I, I was haunting. <laughs> I for the last book for Lion and Olivia's story. I was I was a crazy person. I kept going to Barnes and Noble and looking, and it wasn't on the shelf yet. And when it was, I took a picture. I was like, I'm so happy. But uh, gosh, she Julie is. My gosh, she's she's a brilliant storyteller, and I've I've heard this expression before where people will say that a writer can paint a picture with words. She really does. I feel she really does. Oh, her books are very visual. It's funny because I really feel intelligent when I read her work. I do. I feel like I am so smart having read this. And it's just, this is, you know, this has educated me. And this has um, enlightened me. And 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 I, I love it. When I was in school, I, w- I was a terrible history student. So it's very funny, you know, that I just gobble up historical romance. And uh, a big part of that is, you know, I like to know the research and and just with the understanding that, of course, it's not all going to be perfect because we're all just researchers. Right. But I I still I love learning from it. So I would say those are my wrecks at this point. That is a very good series of recommendations. (laughs) I mean,
0: seriously,
1: Oh gosh. I so enjoy it. I, I, I'm happy. So I hope I've added a few books to people's, uh, to read piles.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I, either people are going to be like, Oh my God, I read that book. It's so good. Or they're going to be like,
1: now I must read all of these. Oh yeah. I I love that. I love that. When I discover someone new, you know, and and I adore it and I find everything they've ever written. Yep. Collect it all. Yep. That's what I'm doing. So, uh, it's, it's not the best thing for my pocketbook but yeah none of us ever really I don't if i don't read i feel like i'm missing something essential yeah, so. oh me too me too and if i don't get to
0: read a little bit i get really ornery <laughs> like what's wrong with you i haven't read please fuck off <laughs> okay go report to your chair i'm going to <laughs> And that is all for this week's podcast. I want to thank Lisa Marie Perry for hanging out with me and discussing all of the things that she writes. I will have links to all of the books that we discussed in the podcast entry, which is also called the show notes at smartbitches, trashybooks.com slash podcast. This episode is sponsored by Jake Kenner's Dirtiest Secret published by Bantam Books, available in paperback and ebook. It was wrong for us to be together. It was even harder to be apart. Everyone knows him as a notorious playboy, but to me, he's still the one man I desperately crave, yet the one I can never have. We've tried not letting ourselves give in to Desire, and for so long we've told ourselves no. Now it's finally time to say yes. You can find out their dirtiest secret with Jay Kenner's new Sin series, available April 19th. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter, at Sassy Outwater. This is the band Sketch. This track is called Fire Them Up from their album Shed Life, which you can find on Amazon or iTunes or wherever you like to buy your funky music. And if you're a regular listener or reader of the podcast transcripts and you'd like to support the show, please have a look at our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash bitches. I set it up by listener request, and certainly... You are not obligated, because the podcast will not change. It will continue to roll out on Fridays. But if you would like to contribute or make a monthly pledge, starting with as little as $1, you can help me reach goals like providing transcripts for all of the episodes that don't have one yet. You can see all the information, rewards, and options at patreon.com slash smartbitches. And thank you to everyone who nudged me to set one up, and to everyone who's backed the show already. Future podcasts will include me and other people talking about romance novels. And if you were thinking, but, 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 but it's RT. It's Romantic Times. Isn't that going on right now? Well, yes, if you're listening to this on April 15th, yes, it is. And I will have a dispatch from RT featuring all of the bitches as we assemble early one morning in my hotel room to discuss all of the things. But in the meantime, on behalf of Lisa Marie Perry and everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.